0: Hi, I'm Rob Vanstone, and welcome to the latest edition of the Rider Rumblings video podcast. A, a bit of a bonus as we review everything that Rough Riders have done during free agency. So thanks for being with us, and we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, that's about <laughs> it, isn't it?
1: Um, <laughs> we can talk about ourselves.
0: <laughs> uh, I have, I'm here with uh, uh, our uh, Hall of Fame curling writer, Murray McCormick. <laughs> um, and uh, Murray's been keeping tabs on what the Rough Riders have been doing. Uh, I, don't think that, I don't think that's been an exhaustive <laughs> exercise. Uh, but... I mean, we're, we're making fun of the, the process, but this has been largely by design. Jeremy O'Day said on Monday, the Rough Riders don't expect to be major players in the free agent market. And, and sure enough, they haven't been. And I, uh, that's by design. And I think it's generally to the credit of Jeremy O'Day and... and uh, A little bit to Chris and, Jones. And, and, and to Paul Jones as well. Chris Jones so, and
1: Paul Jones, yeah. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean I'm so exciting to talk about
0: James <laughs> Franklin. I'm not even sure if Solomon Alamimian qualifies as a free agent because they got that done before the yeah. deadline, and then uh, on Wednesday they resigned Josiah Saint John. That's our uh, our That's um, uh, exhaustive rundown. Thank of you. The Please writers. tune in Please, in May. Free agent moves.
1: Come back in May <laughs> when we discuss the draft. <laughs> we might
0: as well discuss them individually. Um, James Franklin. I'm I'm not sure they absolutely had to do that. I guess it never hurts to have more quarterbacks given this the nature of this league, Uh, although teams aren't obligated to dress more than two anymore. But James Franklin, I guess that's a decent addition. I'm not convinced that Isaac Harker isn't a better option or at least just as good of an option,
1: though, Murr? I disagree. I think Isaac Harker is a good option, but just as a third-string guy, I think James Franklin gives him that security blanket because who knows when your second-string quarterback is going to be your starter. And you get a guy there with experience. I don't think he's... The riders are hoping they don't get the James Franklin. It was with Toronto, to get the James Franklin who backed up into so Sewell with Edmonton. So, I, the longer I mull that, because I haven't much time to mull all the other deals. There's plenty of, plenty of time, but time for rumination mulling. these days. It's a good move. I think he was, of all the backup quarterbacks, I think he's the best. Jonathan Jennings, his numbers are done. I think I just saw the Eskimos signed Antonio Pipkin today. So, I, I think they got a guy. And also, when I talked to him, he understands his role. He's, he's not coming in here, I'm going to be the starter, I'm going to be pushing him. No, I'm going to come here and see what I can do to help out Cody Fajardo, I'm going to do to help out the team, I'm going to make the room better. He's a good thrower. You have to – backup's got to be able to pass the ball in practice to give the starter a bit of a break too. So, as I said, the longer I think about that, yeah, I think it was a good, subtle, quiet way of boosting the team and helping and getting a, a personality that's going to fit in the locker room and not going to say, I want to be the starter, I deserve to be the starter. And I think – if Cody happens to struggle, I don't think we're going to say, well, put in James Franklin. We're going to f- go through whatever Cody does. So, I, yeah, I think that's a lot of talk about a backup quarterback. But, man, remember back in the day, 16, how, he was going to be the guy, eh? He was going to be the guy. Un- undoubtedly, he was going to come here and take over. And everybody wanted him that relationship with Chris Jones. And then he got t- traded to Toronto. And based on what I've been hearing and talking to him, Toronto didn't go very well for him. He, well,
0: Mark Tressman didn't want him.
1: Didn't want him. Yeah.
0: Derek Taylor had a really good interview with James Franklin, who in the uh, they they on on CKRM Sports Cage, and they got into what happened in Toronto. And James Franklin was really honest about what a what a mess that was. <laughs> and uh, you know, it just. Uh, between drawn Carter and uh, James Franklin, they just kept giving, Jim Trest- Pop just kept giving Mark Tressman players that he didn't want to use. Exactly. <laughs> no dysfunction there whatsoever. A little bit
1: of a side here. Can you think of a least personable coach to have in the foul and doing all the things they're doing? Than Mark Tressman,
0: yeah, he's like a, a
1: great coach, but he's just not that kind of sell yourself, kind of be out there in front of guys and be the personality. I
0: want to talk about the XFL later. Okay. Sorry, I, I, I we I do mean to address we, that. no, no, not at all. I uh, we, <laughs> we, we we need material because the 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 it's <laughs> well, such a sparse. I uh, want to talk about so Solomon. Topics. Here.
1: I'd like to talk about Solomon Aluminium because Aluminium. Think, Aluminium. Alumimian He's a dyslexic nightmare, and I can't even pronounce it. Solly. I think. He might even be better than he was last year. He's, he's got going the, to
0: have a fresh start this year, or like a running start this and year. And he
1: won't have the CFL negotiations taken up every other weekend. He's not going to be in Toronto getting in shape. He's going to be in shape to show up for training. He's going to be 100%. He's 34, but arguably West, an all-star by the end of the season. Should, arguably could. I think he was one. Was he West Division? No. No, he wasn't. Who voted for him? Maybe a vote for him. Anyway, he was playing well by the end of the season. He's good in the locker room. The guys respect him. You don't think Cameron Judge... Got that good without without some help from Solomon Aluminium.
0: so We should just hold up a sign that has the I spelling. Every see, time I can't control,
1: control my tongue. There's too many M's and I's. Anyway, I think it's a good signing. Your right.
0: name's McCormick, and you can't get the Murray McCormick,
1: and you can't get the M's and right an in and All my M's. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> you're going to fill up stuff with jokes. <laughs> but I, I think it's a great signing and a re-signing. And I think another one that brings up that o, Otha Foster There's a name I can pronounce.
0: Let's let's declare him a free agent just because it gives us another topic, and that, yeah, that's and a pretty he, good signing.
1: It is a pretty good, if he's the oath of oath of take two take two. <laughs> if he's the oath oath of of sixteen and eighteen, he's been away for a year, but working and doing those kind of things. But he was great in sixteen, yeah. And he's he's also another one of these personality guys that was good to talk to, just a to.
0: really good solid guy yeah. to have on a team. And
1: he got Solly's you know, vote of approval, saying good guy to get there. So. Instead of getting a, like, I was championing Patrick Levels. I think he would have been an outstanding Sam for this team. Instead, they get a guy who maybe a little bit over the minimum, sixty-five to seventy, maybe that kind of money. I don't know how much money he's making, but that can. Play I think he'd
0: get decent dough, but not as much as he would get if he was coming off directly off the All Star yeah. season in twenty eighteen. So
1: there's a, a good filling, and then if he doesn't work out, you know it's not that much. You know it's it's not that big of a gamble. They can do whatever they want there, and i am going to roll here, Josea Saint John. Josiah. Josiah. God, I'm having a <laughs> wonderful time. Get me the curling.
0: We're going to have a pool on how many times this happens. I
1: hate it when I hate when people refer to draft picks as busts. But he, he was a he bust. Was, look at me, it wasn't his fault he was drafted first. He was not a first overall pick. He didn't have a lot of time. He had 15 games with the Sooners. He started four or something like that. He was a stretch, a huge Maybe stretch. Maybe
0: will pan out later rather than yeah. sooner. Ha, and ha, 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 ha. Oh,
1: yeah. Jeez. Sorry. But there were also, I think, three guys from Laval who were picked in that after him. They're all still in the league. I can't remember their names because I couldn't remember the names. They were picked. Anyway. I hope uh, there's no M's in them. Yeah. (laughs) But I remember, you know, he held out. And then he, I think, Jones... That was
0: where it went. That's where he went wrong. You're right. It isn't his fault that he was picked first. But you need to, especially when you you actually, when you really haven't been an every-down player in college, you need every rep you can get in training camp. And he just, it's just like... He, he, and then they had to play him right away because they ended yeah. up having to deal with injuries right out of the gate in 2016. And he ended up being a
1: guard, too. He yeah. wasn't a tackle. And, and then
0: I think by the end of the year, he was a healthy scratch. And and it, in 2018, when they had to use him, he actually, and again, in another emergency situation, yeah. he actually played pretty well.
1: Yeah. I'm thinking, was it 18? I'm trying to remember. He got, Jones basically called him fat and out of shape. Or was he talking to us? <laughs> talking about it. I thought, he was, but he, <laughs> Sorry. And he said he had to get bigger, had to get stronger and lose and get some weight. And I know he worked really hard in the off season, like really, really hard. Oops, what the heck's that? Siri is now a contributor. And got himself in good shape. And then the day or two before training camp opened, he pulls his hamstring. And I went, oh. And then I watched him at training camp. Yeah, because they weren't they talking about what just what a beast he did yeah, during the off was season? A, he was a big stud. And then training camp, he got about a day or two and he pulls his hamstring again, and I'm still watching, maybe in my mind, watching him go off the field. I'm thinking, God, the guy can't get a break. Yeah, you know, he does everything he can, and he was out after that for quite a bit of time until he came back. But uh, there's some insights. but I just I kind of felt sorry because he's, he's a we say he's a he's good a nice guy. guy, he's a nice guy, and it wasn't his fault. He was picked first, as I said, and you kind of wanted to see him do well. And he kind of kicks around, and he's he's only 27. He can play tackle, so he gives him. I don't have the Canadian options there, but whatever. And guard, kind of. He's not much of a guard, I don't think. But,
0: but when they had to use him there though, in 2018,
1: yeah, he was, he was fine. Yeah, he filled in for in,
0: in a really tough situation. It's yeah. like, okay, you're playing. So, so give maybe him, there's that to maybe there's that to. So, but there's
1: to. another thing, a really kinda, I, I was going to use the word subtle, but it is a little subtle move. You bring in a Canadian guy, you pay him whatever you're going to pay him, not breaking the bank or the, some of the big names. And maybe he understands the, the atmosphere here, the culture here. Maybe a little. the offense will be different, but it's not a big, it's not a big money signing. And you may get a guy out of this who's at 27. That's still pretty young for an offensive lineman. Yeah. And give him a chance to. And as we always say, I love the second. And good chance. good luck in the draft. <laughs> good. I love second chance stories, like legitimate second chance stories. And I think if he can step up to it and doesn't get hurt. And the riders maybe go that way with a Canadian tackle. It gives them more options to go. I don't think they will. No, I think, I think. Do you think maybe the days of Canadian offensive tackles are almost done? Because they just it seems to be it doesn't they, you know, they it doesn't work as well with the ratio and stuff. And plus, the American tackles, and the defensive
0: ends are are going to chew up a Canadian yeah. tackle. And unless, the American tackles. unless, unless you unless you've got a Gene Makowski, yeah, uh, your your uh, your your American defensive end by and large is going yeah. to. Because they're uh, like now, what are these six around. two
1: two four? Well, six six if you're Willie Jefferson, how can you go against Willie Jefferson after playing youth sports? It's nothing to say about youth sports, but the American guys come in ready to play better. And I think those are going to be more in our times. I think if you're six four and three oh five, I think you're looking at the middle of the offensive line, then. Uh, but anyway, that's kind of just babbling because I think that's all we're going to do. If we're going make any more jokes. Um, uh, we have anybody left? We can see. We well, I
0: think we can talk about the offensive line, though. I mean, they have to do this by necessity because yeah. uh, Darius Bladek and, and, and Philip Blake signed with, signed with Toronto. And, and I know the criticism, criticism has been out there. Why didn't they resign them? I'm not sure how you do because you're going to have yeah. to pay them pretty much the equivalent of a starter's wage to bring them back because they know there's places in this league they can start. Yeah. And it, the cap being what it is, I don't think you can bring back a sixth offensive lineman at six figures. Right. So what's what's Jeremy O'Day to do in that situation? I think it, once you lose Bladek, and and once you once you lose Blake, then you're really scrambling, and that probably leads to the return of uh, uh, Josiah St. John. They They've got a, Braden Schram too.
1: Maybe they could look for a global player to fill in. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I can't even say that word. That, that laughter was,
0: <laughs> that laughter was not brought to you by Randy Ambrosi. <laughs> <Yeah>, sorry, Randy. <laughs> I can't
1: even say that aloud. But I,
0: honestly though, he was there all year, Renny Brsea. Yeah. He was there all year, didn't play a down. Now the riders are in desperate need of reserve yeah. offensive lineman and we're chuckling <laughs> at the prospect of him playing. What does that tell you about 2.0?
1: Exactly. I'm not, I not I don't I I used to think it was about making money and I think that in the initial throws of this it was about you've you've exhausted your finances in Canada you got to find other ways to bring money to CFL which is fine I don't quite see that and I don't see how they're making money out of this but it's but these token roster spots and they're going to make two of them on the roster like honestly like so Mac Zimmerman who played like, you know, with how he's, he would have to play because you'd have to play special teams or something because you can't put two on the roster and have them both sitting there enjoying the view. So,
0: yeah, and how do, you, how do you mandate
1: it? I don't but, know how they're going to do
0: that. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. I mean, do you want two mannequins on the sidelines? Yeah. Uh, it That just does not look good.
1: And one less quarterback.
0: Yeah. Supposedly. Yeah. It, I mean, <laughs> that's the way it will likely shake down. Teams yeah. don't have to just dress two quarterbacks, they don't want to. But they're not obligated to dress three anymore.
1: I'm going to say something that's kind of weird here. I want to pass out a little bit of kudos to Three Down Nation because they did a heck of a job on top of things to the draft. And I find – I know it's bad, but maybe it is. But, you know, Justin Dunks so well-connected. And the CFL uses all his stuff, eh? And they don't pay him for it. So I think Three Down Nation's, I guess that's cool. What do you think? You don't care.
0: Um – yeah, I mean, uh, J- Justin Dunk is so plugged into everything. Yeah, you know.
1: Um, but I mean, you it's too to, f- f- to him. I made for a fun free agency, just watching things happen. I know Glenn Suter brought up the fact. It wasn't very interesting overall, though. They
0: should do a show. I mean, Willie Jefferson signs with Winnipeg yeah. in advance, and that's pretty much the, the marquee free agent off the table as of this as, as we converse here. Darrell Walker still hasn't signed anywhere. Yeah. Uh, sorry, you were going to say about they should do a show.
1: They should do a show. I think it, it could, they could do it. But you, you can never guarantee this is going to happen either. Well, I guess you can pretty well guarantee there's going to be movement. I think well, they get, the they free to... agent window encourages a lot of movement early in the uh, free agency period. And I think that free agency window accomplishes what it's supposed to do. Uh, Solomon Aluminium found out what, what his market was. I think he co- there were a couple of offers. Not offers, but he just sniffed out the market. And all these guys had an idea. And then they, they make a decision very quickly. And if he didn't make a decision very quickly, you end up like Darrell Walker, where all the money's gone. And where's he going to end up? Is he going to go, you know, play for? He was a two hundred grand guy, I think, somewhere in that area. I'm sorry, pardon me. He was a two hundred grand guy. He was over
0: two hundred grand. <laughs> like
1: you know, it's just another aside here. Larry Dean was a two hundred thousand dollar linebacker with Edmonton last year and signed for a hundred and ten with Hamilton. That's strange. Excuse me. <laughs> Micah
0: Johnson takes a... <laughs> That's classy. Great, great moments in podcasting history. Mark Melnichuk, can we edit that out? <laughs> mm. Oh, man. <coughs> I, n- I now have influenza. Thank yes, you so much so for that. Much. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, Micah Johnson takes a pretty significant pay cut. He's still making good
1: money, but. He's yeah, well, not uh, have, holding any telethons for him. To no, do. but. Uh, but he's living in Vancouver now. A little more expensive than Regina, I bet. Yeah. Okay, what's the deal there? Okay, I mean, he told it's a big city on the ocean. We live <laughs> in the middle of the prairies. But part don't you understand? And they've never heard of a block heater.
0: <laughs> yes. um, um, Whatever. What, uh, I mean, did he, he did some interviews and said the riders never even offered him a contract. What do you read into that?
1: I think they read into that they're happy with what they've got. And I think they're thinking you have to, somewhere in the salary Cap world, you've got to make decisions that are going to fit into the cap. And the four guys they have, four or five or six of them fit into the cap relatively easy and you take a chance. That's what I read into So that.
0: who's the Do they use Justin Falk?
1: They're pretty high. Is it Justin <laughs> Falk? Jeremy, isn't it? Jeremy Falk?
0: Oh, I some Googling. <laughs> um
1: Googling. Anyway, I, I think maybe go to Canadians. Matt Henry had... Uh, Matt he, Henry's not he? very flashy, but he had a solid year. I think Zach Evans has to regain the form he had. He did not like he played. I don't know how badly hurt he was down this season, but I think he needs, he knows he's got to play a little bit better. Jeremy Falk. Jeremy Falk. There. That's nice. I said. <laughs> One Thank for me. Sure. <laughs> uh, Charbill DeBeyer. He's a good player. Good run stuffer. So I wasn't surprised. I guess I was a little surprised they didn't offer Mike, but maybe
0: they just knew whatever they offer yeah. him was. Is it going to be yeah. um, the, uh,
1: you were down on him. You didn't think he you got them. You don't. No, think they, they didn't
0: get their money's worth there. You're paying two hundred fifty thousand dollars for that. You better get a. You better get an absolute. But I think.
1: Destroyer. You, but how do you pay? You pay that kind of money. And you expect that kind of stuff. But how many years can defensive tackles get fourteen sacks? And I don't think that. Well, he was, of, but he was getting
0: much higher sack totals every
1: year. I know. And then the bottom fell diff- out,
0: and he gets four and none before Labor Day. But
1: I think it's a different style of defense too, and I think maybe that's what he said was. Kind of things that Sean But was, if, if he performed
0: so well, why were they so disinterested in bringing him back? Because
1: he would have cost two hundred grand probably. And as I've said, a hilarious salary cap world—you've got to make some cuts. So who? Where's their money spent in this year? Cody Fajardo, Shaq Evans, and Cameron Judge. Cameron
0: Judge got a nice raise.
1: And I think Solly got a pretty good money out of this deal too. And you know, again,
0: according to according to Justin Duncan, it was just a little bit more than he made last year.
1: Mm-hmm. So the, the money is spent. Relatively. Plus, as you know, it's the Saudis went up 10 grand. Yeah, so, yeah, and the, the Saudi cap went up 50. I don't have that, that math doesn't work to me. <laughs> yeah, I
0: mean, there's that middle ground of players yeah. who are. If, they, if you don't sign right away or before free agency, if right. you wait hoping to incite a bidding war, I think you've just uh, pretty much weighted yourself into considering the, the XFL as an option.
1: Yeah. I want to say, too, that I'm glad Willie Jefferson went back to Winnipeg. I think if he had gone anywhere else, it's about money. I'm not saying it's not about money, but it's just good for continuity. Like Willie Jefferson's, maybe we should give a good guy count in, <laughs> in our pod, in our podcast. But he is a good guy. He's he understands. He sells himself. He's kind of my kind of like a Cody Fajardo in a little different role as a defensive end. But he liked Winnipeg. He, he did something. He made a difference there. And I'm glad to see a guy can show. Probably got a little less money, but a little loyalty to go back to play for them. And he makes Winnipeg. Pretty darn good, I think. With, with
0: so what about the riders now? Like, where? Do, what do they need to reinforce now that the 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 smoke seems to have cleared up They bit don't have to, a
1: returner in my mind. They've I, got to find a returner. I'm, I'm not saying Kyran Moore and Lucius Purifoy and whoever else are going to trot out there. There's, maybe there's someone on the necklace or maybe there's someone on the roster that can do that. You just need a guy like Thinkpin when he was at his best. Yeah. Changes the field position.
0: Like a dedicated returner. Yes. Like someone who's that that's his job.
1: Like, you don't think you don't think Frankie Williams. Think there's a
0: global returner they can find. <laughs>
1: yeah. That'd Sorry. we have to ask for global returns. Uh, a return on your global player. Sorry. Frankie Williams, I thought, was a guy with Hamilton who was perfect. He played cornerback. An outstanding returner, special teams player of the year. But Hamilton obviously realized what they had and they yeah. signed him.
0: And the Riders defensive backfield was locked down. Yeah. So he's.
1: So they need a returner.
0: You know, I... Th- maybe that's where Paul Jones comes in.
1: Yeah, or maybe... Like, really, you think you can find a game-breaking returner, can't you? Can't there are a million of them out there? Not
0: on know. the Not on the Denver Broncos. Oh, no, actually, they had Deontay Spencer last okay. year.
1: That's true. And where'd he come from? from you know, yeah, But <laughs> See, before
0: I'm... that, it was just a procession of bad returners. Yeah. So even the NFL was, you know, the NFL was struggling to find them. So, yeah. um, you know, River Craycraft. It, so, so... Uh, once, once it trickles down to the CFL, maybe maybe there's a bit of an issue. Yeah, but, they, but I bit, think bit, they.
1: But that that's you know, and I'm kind of. Like, I think they need an American defensive tackle. But I, there's, no, there's, kinda, there's nobody. this kind of there's nobody really out there they want to spend. Maybe there's money.
0: Jeremy Falk now that I've mastered his name.
1: Yes, I don't think there's anybody out there you want to spend your money on. No. And know again, so, maybe
0: that's a Paul Jones issue. Yeah. So to find somebody.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's what he's d- very adept at. That's his stock in trade, and that's why he's, One despite the fact that nobody ever hears him. Talk. Uh, he's one of the best to ever do this.
1: Do they need another big time receiver? Do they need? Should they spend money on Durrell Walker? Is that or should they bring back? Where would you the, even
0: play Durrell Walker?
1: Uh, yeah, no, I mean, he's a
0: wide out You got Shaq Evans and the other, the 20 other 20. wide receiver lines up somewhere near Grand Cooley Yeah, I
1: know.
0: So, I mean, you you find room for Darrell Walker if you can. But if you're looking at the slot options, you've got Jordan Williams Lambert coming yeah. back, and and you, you would think they would use him better. Uh, Kyron Moore and yeah. then obviously it, it appears that Kenny Stafford is next, yeah. next up and and uh, he's a pretty reputable receiver yeah. so and as far as the, the wide side wide out that's Justin McInnes or somebody Justin of that McInnes ilk, or you know.
1: Braden Linnaeus or let's say Mitchell Picknicks, like make that a Canadian yeah. position which is let's say it's Rob Bagg turned that into a pretty that, it's always important Rob Bagg made that a very significant position during his time here Yeah, and he's, he started out as a wide guy but a lot of times he finished as a slot so don't forget about Rob back, you know. Like even I was asked today, "What about Naaman Roosevelt?" And I said, "I never say never because you never, never know." But I'd be surprised if he was back with the Riders. And I think he's probably mulling over offers now. And you know, where you do know, you play him again? Same thing. Is yeah. he going to come back and be the sixth or seventh or sixth or seventh receiver? I mean, he's he would probably he's probably do still
0: it. still just as good an option as, as Kenny Stafford, if not mm-hmm. better. It just depends on one what the what the salary expectations would be. Yeah. Kenny Stafford probably gives him a little more speed at this stage. Yeah. And even Roosevelt would give them more reliability.
1: But maybe Stafford was a pretty good receiver in Edmonton before yeah. before he got traded. I think he had he was on pace for a pretty good season. I like to see what he can do. He looks good in practice. Another can we get another good guy reference? Another good guy in the locker room, understands his role, just like uh, Manny Arsenal. Wanted to be a starter, expected to be a starter, but also understood he could contribute doing yeah, other never things. Never
0: griped. What a pro. Never,
1: no, and he, and I remember in Montreal, he had that game there, and I mentioned to him, you know, now that JWL is here, what's going to happen to you? And he said, man, that's not the time to be talking about that. We've got to be working on the team and stuff, and I just, that big play thing. And I hope he lands somewhere. I think he can still contribute. I don't think the riders need him as much. Like The receiving course is pretty good. And I think if people look at it from depth, you know, you have Braden Lineus and you have uh, – McInnes and you have Mitchell Pickton, and uh, maybe back Cody
0: Watson. <laughs> I, he's, he's now, a, he's now a, a, coach. A, a coach in university. Yeah, Jake Hardy,
1: maybe. Jake Hardy's coaching now too, isn't he? Yeah, but he's still on the list, so I don't so, think. He, I don't so know is Jeremy he, Zver. Yeah, but so. he's, he retired. He's, like, I see him at Cougar games, so I don't think he's coming back. That one's – and he's not even on the team's roster. Yeah. Because I went looking for that because I was trying to figure out all the numbers of free agents. So it was a um, – but what do they do now? You think, I, think,
0: uh, I think you let Paul Jones do his job, and you prepare yeah. for the draft.
1: Yeah. The global draft or the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who do you think... Who's, who's your pick in the global draft, Oh, Rob? my goodness.
0: <laughs> Honestly. Please, please, don't That's make me... That's a podcast the, in itself. Just the top 10 global picks. And... Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Unbelievable. Did know. you watch the XFL last weekend? I did watch the XFL. I like it.
1: I kind of like... I like the clock. I think it moves fast. I like... Uh, the kicking stuff is gimmicky, but seems to make it safer and stuff. I would be surprised
0: if the NFL took that kickoff rule and yeah. just outright stole. And them. I like
1: the, the the graduated points after touchdowns. I think that's going to change games. I mean, seventeen points
0: is no longer a three three possession game. Yeah, I and I like somebody should tell Mark Trestman that.
1: I kind of like the sideline interviews. I don't. I love the I hey, think- you just threw an
0: interception. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what went wrong there? What were yeah. you seeing? Or Mark Trestman makes a really strange call and like going for a field goal yeah. to when they're losing seventeen nothing, and there was the reporter sideline reporters asking right away, "Why'd you do that?" I love that.
1: Yeah, that was cool. I think that was. You know,
0: there's only certain reporters that can pull that off. Like if the if the CFL were to were to try that, Sarah Orleski asks the best questions mm-hmm. of anybody ever. You know, she could she could do that and not and uh, and ask great even even handed questions. And get good answers. If you get one of these babbling announcers in the states that has 48 seconds of preamble oh, yeah. before you ask the question, then it could be an issue. But if you get somebody like Sarah doing that in the CFL, and when you consider that the CFL is ba- the TSN is basically the CFL's banker, yeah. I would think TSN would wield enough influence to try and be able to get that kind of access.
1: And I like the replay guy talking and what he's seeing. And oh stuff yeah, like that it was cool. It was. It took you behind. I'll be honest, other, it's not gimmicky. I remember the other one. He hate me and all that yeah. crazy stuff. The guy's running from the ball and stuff. And it wasn't football. It was football, but it was just too gimmicky. It wasn't, people yeah. don't want to watch that? They want to see. And I don't know any of the players. Like they're, The quarterback, I'm trying to think from the Ohio State Buckeyes. Cardell. Cardell Jones. Cardell Jones. And they kept trying to sell him as a guy we've all heard about. And he played, what, 15 games in college if he played that many?
0: Well, they got one-year-old Steelers there. Landry Jones, Jones is supposed Jones, to make his XFL debut this weekend.
1: Funny little story. He hate me. For people who don't know back in the XFL's early days, they're allowed to put nicknames on the back of their sweaters. And he hate Rod Smart put he hate me on the back of his sweater. Rod Smart signed with the Eskimos, and I got to do a story on Rod Smart. And I've been hunting for it cuz I can't I, did he find hate it, you. <laughs> he Hate me. But I still remember coming back and one of the guys said, "What was he hate me?" Like, "What was he hate me?" Like and he was real I still remember he was a <laughs> good guy. That uh, it was kind of cool, but I remember doing the story on Rod Smart, and he kicked around a little bit, but he hated me. It was so funny, just that kind of thing. But there's none of that gimmicky now, and I, no. I, I kind of like their uniforms. Yeah, the uniforms. Are Except cult. those.
0: Those. What's the green team again? Those are really the Rough Riders. Gross. No. <laughs> they're really they're really a uh, lime green. Oh, and, I remember that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, which will you that?
1: watch it this weekend? Then?
0: Yeah, I will. Actually. I'm
1: going to be watching curling. I guess we can probably start that a little early, but. The Scotty Tournament's heart's on. It's in Moostra, What a field. And uh, I think some team from Manitoba might be favored because it seems to be all the Manitoba teams are in there. <laughs> just
0: but. watch Jennifer Jones win the wild card game and then just basically mm-hmm. leave everybody else
1: She's so good. But, dust. you know, I think she's playing Tracy Fleury tomorrow night. And it's free, by the way, to go and watch a donation, which is kind of – I was in Penticton. I know it's not football. But for the first year, they introduced this format. And we, we didn't have a clue what was going on. It was just this wild-card game, and then they play this first round where everyone plays and they get a championship round, you're going, ah, with a stupid thing to do. And once you went through, you went, it kind of made sense. You got to where you should be by Thursday, where the good teams are all playing each other with games that matter. But curling is trying to be more inclusive, getting all the provinces involved in territories, and they have to do something to the format to get them to do that. And finally, kudos to curling, Same prize money for both men and women, and long overdue. I think the women, we understand the women don't get as many fans and the ratings aren't as powerful as the men's and they don't generate it, but they should be playing for the same money. And I think it's been long overdue, and I think it's it's going to make a difference. While last year, Robin Silvanegrill placed third and got 26 grand, this year the third place team gets 45 grand. That's side I don't. I can't remember the first and second places, but I think that's pretty good. And I'm going to throw this at you. Uh, we tried to
0: throw things at me. For a we little.
1: we lost a a journalism giant, yeah, I Christy think, in And you worked with her at the Olympics, or were part of the we, t- um, part of the
0: team. We passed each other once at tennis. Did you? Okay, but <laughs> her and Rosie DeMano were. Uh, I was were, uh, reading uh, all I the. Right by them, I yeah, was, that's
1: Christy. That's Christy Blatchford. I'm reading all the tributes. I've never met her. I've read her stuff. I. I'm not a big crime newspaper. I don't read that stuff. I didn't didn't interest me that. She often. was
0: great. Yeah. She was absent. and she pushed the envelope as far as you can push it with covering a trial to the yeah. point where you always wonder, is that contempt? But she always knew where that line was drawn. Yeah. She was feisty. She was absolutely unstoppable. She was she had amazing sources. She could write oh, she absolutely could write. amazingly. She she could take, she could write there could be like a sixty pair sixty word paragraph with five commas in it and it would be perfect yeah right and uh, if I try that I'm being escorted out of the building and she
1: and she's writing on deadlines too
0: and she's writing on deadlines about <laughs> yes, th- uh, and and she wrote she was she was Canada's first female sports columnist in of, the it, 1970s okay. um, she uh, loved Olympic sports yeah um, and she loved dogs and you can't. Uh, dog. I've always maintained the best way to judge a person is by how much they love dogs. Uh, we're really off on a tangent here, but do you know anybody who really loves dogs who's a bad person? No. That's it's true. the best way to, 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 to recognize quality. So people who love, what, what,
1: what happens, I, I love cats. What does that make me? You're, you're a
0: second cast individual. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm Christy, Christy Blatchford is an absolute The original. tributes
1: I've been reading, and I read a lot of them because I just i am fascinated by this woman who looked just kind of mean, like, a little bit and stuff when you kept seeing it. But boy, talk about how she'd sit right in the front row underneath cross legged and she was a marathon runner, I, mountain, climber. mountain climber. Was she a smoker? I, nope. I, I, nope. Nope. So, nope. lung cancer claimed she was quite young. But if you
0: were a, if you were a victim, she was your best friend. Yeah. If you are a smug, complacent authority figure, she's your worst enemy. Really? Uh, comfort the afflicted, afflict the comfortable. That's one of the first things I ever heard in journalism school, and that was pretty much the essence of Christy Blatchford's approach.
1: Yeah, she was amazing. And you think of all the things she does. Reading some of those tributes, she would cry. she was cheering when Canada scored a goal in soccer at an Olympics. Everyone's looking at her going, and she gave a guy. I think it was called Cathal Kelly from the Globe and Mail. And she gave him the dirtiest look and the guy says, you've been told that she, I mean, you know, there's no cheering in the press box. We're supposed to, but she was. Except when it's time for the buffet at halftime. Yeah, but she was one of those, she per- and she cried and she turned very, she had a pretty good, she could swear a little bit too. She wasn't afraid to yeah. what I understand. Everything
0: that was, you know, she wrote what she thought. Yeah. And 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 uh, there's, a, there's a great story about when she started out and somebody changed her copy without telling her. So she phoned a different newspaper in town and very soon, shortly thereafter, was employed by them. Yeah. It, it, she it, worked it, for all
1: the big papers, the yeah. Globe, the Star, the
0: Sun. the gl- She the ran this, the Spectrum at, in, in Toronto and yeah. just an absolute... Uh, I wish I'd had a chance to sit down and chat with her uh, yeah. when we were in, in Beijing. That would have been really cool. And that's
1: what I'm just, not saying. She was very open to talking to reporters and helping them. She was, No, you know, I remember court reporters as so she said, She'd show them around, introduce them to everybody, and just kind of things that other papers were nowadays. I don't know if that might well, probably happen, but we just don't seem to have that person.
0: And she had a real knack for using I don't the she expense a, account.
1: Well, yeah, picking up dinners. Yeah. for I don't know if she had a Twitter oh, account. Only
0: you were as adept as that. I don't like think
1: that. she had a Twitter account. I don't know if I ever saw anything from Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. But uh,
0: It was a very sad day. Christy Blatchford, 68 years old. And, uh, yeah.
1: Well, maybe they'll – I don't know if we'll ever – well, we won't be able to replace her, but it was – a. Not somber
0: have, note. Um,
1: well, you having a happier note now. Ryder's a little quieter. I think now it's going to be now, you know, the player for the global drafts and stuff. And then, uh, you know, Craig Dickinson, I think he's going to go back to Montana and do some snowboarding and working on his staff and stuff. He hasn't named the defensive line coach yet. Maybe Chris Jones gets a job here. Uh, he's fine so far,
0: in Cleveland by the way. So far,
1: yeah. But, uh, yeah, so then a little quiet time for football. And then.
0: You never know, though. Things can change unexpectedly. Very quickly in the world. of and Don't we course.
1: know that, Dave? And last if so, <laughs> and if so, we'll have
0: a we'll have a we'll have a podcast uh, follow up where we don't talk
1: about curling. So oh, uh, I love curling. I know. Anyway, um, any jokes? Any more cheap shots at me? No. Want me try to pronounce Sally's last name again? And we're just going to let me. I'll, I'll
0: try to remember his Falk's first name. We need <laughs> okay. some remedial uh, podcasting yeah. here. Uh, for Murray McCourt, we'll do this again next time that there's some uh, uh, major news rider wise. We're doing that. Taking that approach throughout the off season, and then once the season gets here, we'll be full bore boring you um, yeah. throughout the on a weekly basis. So for Murray McCormick, uh, I'm Rod Vanslom. Thanks for uh, tuning into our curling podcast, and we'll do this again uh, soon. I would three produce. signings
1: and how long did we talk? We're awesome.
0: bad. Awesome Milking <laughs> it. Take care and have a good one.